Hello, my name is Babe Rogers, and welcome to the inaugural Pig Talk. Uh, like I said, my name is Babe Rogers. I am a maker of gay pornography, amateur stuff, but it's still porn, and um, uh, uh, now maker of podcasts, I suppose. Um, uh, the goal of this podcast is going to be to discuss very critically and academically um, some topics surrounding gay porn, gay sex, and then uh, also doing some deep dives into um, some critical analysis of specific gay porn knows that I have seen and have influenced me, have influenced others. So we will get to that. This this month, I'm going to be discussing um, my favorite porn director, I think m many people's favorite porn director, Joe Gage's masterpiece from 2008, Chainsaw, which was very influential for me. And today, just to sort of establish some ethos or whatever the fuck, I'm going to be discussing my sort of journey as a pig, um, which, by the way, for the uninitiated means sort of like in the in the gay world it's sort of a colloquialism for a person who like has like lots of like verbal rough raw usually sex it's not like a body type like twink or bear would be it's sort of an honorific like a title like that twink is a pig do you know what i mean um but so yeah we're going to be diving into that today but in the future like i mentioned i i want to cover some kind of broader topics than my specific story for instance because my specific story is sort of unique to moi like it, it, most people cannot recreate it i suppose because there was a level of like luck and virality to the beginning of it that sort of i was able to build upon that most people um are not just going to chance upon i suppose but um but so for instance in the future i want to discuss things like the duality of like studio porn versus amateur porn and how that sort of like dichotomy has developed over the past couple of years especially with the rise of OnlyFans and you know it's beautiful stepsister just for fans etc etc um, or, for instance, the, the rise of Focest as um, a mainstream porn topic that mainstream studio porn especially does not shy away from anymore, and so on and so forth. I, I want to discuss bigger topics than my specific story, but today, just so you could get to know me, we're going to go into me. So, uh, like I said, my name is Babe Rogers, which, by the way, is not my fucking name. We all, we know that, right? Um, I, I am 25 years old, and also, as I say I'm 25 years old, I don't have that much of a story. I'm a little young to, like, be, like, you know, writing my memoirs, but I, you know, I'll recap what I can. Um, I'm originally from the South. I, I don't go into any more detail than that because my family doesn't know that I make porn. They're not going to. They actually, as I go into this, my family, I should mention, is quite conservative. So I grew up with really no exposure to sex whatsoever. Um, my journey as a sexual being, I suppose, began when I was 18. I turned 18, was in art school, decided to download grinder and went from there had some fun sex but really it wasn't until i turned 21 and i got on prep that i really started pigging out so to say because <laughs> like i especially when i was in college my body kind of changed and a lot I, I have terrible adhd so i'm on something called vivance which is an adhd medication that one of the side effects is it restricts your appetite so it kind of just kept me playing body shaped for most of my life and then for a little while in college i stopped taking it and i ballooned turns out my gastric system sucks so in like six months with diet and exercise, I gained 50 pounds and then started taking it again, exercising obsessively, quickly lost another 75. So um, I suddenly was like, you know, a junior in college, prepped up and also like the hottest I'd ever been. So I was like, let's see what's out there. And I, I was able to find um, 
some like a group of guys that were very into group sex with one another and orgies and things like that and i should mention i was truly in the middle of the woods i went to to school in rural ohio about 45 minutes outside of cleveland so it's not like i was like getting it off with like other students i was definitely like going to the next town over and then if anything more than that i was driving into cleveland so um that was sort of my first foray into piggery there's going to be so many different ways of saying pigness so we're just accept it, all of you um, Shakespeare, hey. Um, so that was it. I, I found these guys and we started doing orgies and group sex. And I really discovered that I have a deep, deep love for exhibitionism. I think um, having people consensually, I should mention, um, see me have sex is really arousing for me intrinsically being a performer anyways. I don't know if I mentioned my, my by degree, I am a trained opera singer. La um, and among other types of singing, but I've really been performing since I was a kid. And so the exhibitionism of sex really gets into that kind of like performing, but I don't want to say performative because that makes it sound almost disingenuous. It really is not. It's sort of like when you, when I have sex, I am free to turn myself up to the 11 that I would guess, suppose I wish I could be all the time. Um, and so group sex is a great way to do that because like you, you literally have an audience. And also I want to go back and say that when I mean, when I say consensual, what I mean is that, um, uh, like there are venues in which, um, people can watch you have sex but like they know that they're going to be seeing that. So like, I don't want to get like fucked in the middle of the street for any who's it, what's it to see me because that there, anyone could see me and those people might not consent to seeing me, but places like a bathhouse, places like a gay campground, both of which I love, um, are places where it's basically consensual to have sex out in the open because people know what they're getting into, especially as right now when there's all this like fucking discourse about kink at Pride, I just want to throw that out there that like no one's like fucking in the street at Pride. Like that's not how that works. Anyways. So I was in Ohio. I was, you know, my junior and senior year. So I was 21 and 22. I found this group. I was able to go to like Claw several times, which is this big like leather kink convention in Cleveland. I The bathhouse there is one of the best in the country. So I got to go there quite often. I, looking back, I was spoiled because like you really, especially when you're that young, you don't get to be exposed like in such a kind of safe coddled way as I was to stuff like that. And I really, I'm thankful that I got to do that. But so I finished college and what happened was I went to grad school in the city of Boston. And, um, well, no, let me back up a little bit and say that while I was in college, I made a porn tumbler, um, just because I, like when I was in high school and watching porn, um, I went to an arts boarding school. So there were firewalls in the porn. And so we all had to watch our porn via tumbler. Um, and so I ended up making a porn tumbler in college, but it, it didn't involve my face and it very rarely involved me physically. I would occasionally post like, here's my butt in a jock strap or like a video of me, like maybe having sex, but, um, it was more you, what you would do on porn tumbler. Cause I guess it's dead now. So this is a recap is you would, you would like take videos and like write salacious captions for them and reblog them or whatever. And so I would do that. But so I eventually, I think my senior year decided to make the jump to Twitter just because I was on Twitter so much already. Like I, I wasn't someone who like perused Tumblr. I perused Twitter for like, you know, tweets and funny stuff and to keep up with my friends. I use Twitter. So I was like, let's just kind of synergize this onlineness. And so I made a porn Twitter again it was still not like my face it did not involve me monetizing anything it was truly just a place where I would like maybe post the occasional like neck down photo of myself the occasional video of me um I would like retweet porn I like talk about my opinions my thoughts like be a reply guy every once in a while to like some porn whatever um and so that was my experience online as a sex person um in college but so as I was saying I 
got done with college and decided to go to grad school in Boston. And I remember being so excited. I was like, oh my God, I've been in the woods of Ohio for like four years. I'm gonna like literally get my brains like fucked out of me every other day or whatever. And I remember tweeting something like that. And then I remember Bravo Delta, who is a porn person. I think he's retired from making studio porn at this point, but he's certainly still on Twitter. You can go look him up. Um, I remember tweeting how excited I was to move to the big city and like find like bad houses on sex clubs and bullshit. And he quickly responded and was like, yeah, that's not going to happen, my guy. Like, take a breath. And he was right. It turns out that Boston as a city is, you know, the pilgrims and all that. It's basically still that to a degree. The vibe is still there. It's very much like a puritanical, repressed city. Even though it is a major city in the United States, there's no bathhouses. There's no sex clubs. Even in the, like, a a couple of gay bars that are there, you can't even just, like, even on, like, a a kink-themed night, you can't just be in a jockstrap. It's very, like, like, uh repressive that way and so i landed in boston and immediately caught the vibe and almost immediately was like oh no (laughs) like what is this like this is not what i wanted for myself um i was so excited to move to a big city and it was fully the opposite of the big city experience i was expecting and so i very quickly was looking for new avenues to kind of frankly express myself sexually especially as, as a person who's really drawn to exhibitionism um and so um in the two years that I was there, really three, because I, you know, I was there and then I moved away recently. Um, there was all of this kind of like bubbling feelings of like, I want to be doing more, but it's just not here. Blah. So I eventually was able to find these guys, these really phenomenal guys who um, were really into group sex. And there was very little group sex in Boston. What was there was like quiet, dark room orgies that everyone was like. I remember one time I was at some fucking dark room orgy in the middle of the city in like a hotel room, mind you. And I got shushed and I was like, Oh, this is not the city for me. Like, I'm like, it's a bunch of like naked men in a room, like fucking each other into the bed. And you're going to shush me like, fellas, what are we doing? Like, let's let's get it together before we shush one of us. Like, we're literally like fucking. It was just so dumb to me that I was like, we're already here having an orgy. Like, let's just do the thing. Like, not like, like what? Um, Anyways, so I found these really great guys who, um, we're really into group sex, but there really was not a standardized, standardized, standardized uh, venue, place, kind of group to get together to have group sex. So they decided to put this together themselves. They like literally built a website. Um, they would rent these big hotel suites in downtown Boston. And I remember I went to the first one they had um, and they it was literally like... Um, like a hundred men came through because like I said, Boston is repressed, but that doesn't mean there are no pigs there. So like the people came, you just had to, once you made the space, the people showed up and it was literally like a two hour event, eight to 10. And I remember in his email being like, Hey, um, so like a hundred people are maybe going to come to this. So like, does anyone mind just like coming at nine instead of eight? And then some people leaving at nine, it was like that level of attended. Um, and I remember I went to the first one and I really, really enjoyed it. I, I was probably in a really great headspace at the time. So, and I was looking for something like that. And I was just so happy I found it that I had a great time. But the second one I went to uh, did not go as well. And when I say that, I mean that like it, it in any like paper scenario, if you looked at what happened on paper, it was completely fine and I should have enjoyed myself. But I personally have terrible body dysmorphia which I'm aware is a bit of a catch-22 considering I like show my butthole to the internet, but also I hate what I look like. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't quite make sense, but it sort of does. Um, and so I went to this thing, I guess I was probably in like a, a more fragile state of mind body dysmorphia wise. Um, and while I was there, like people fucked me, but they did not come in me, which if you're a person who like, 
even if you weren't someone with like a breeding kink like I do, I think you would slowly start to, in your own mind, tell yourself, oh, they're not coming in me because they're waiting for someone hotter. They'll fuck you, but they won't come in you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, they'll date you, but they won't marry you. That kind of tea. So, um, and, and slowly like hotter people showed up and were like better at having sex than I was. And I'm not a jealous person. This was not, it did not come from a place of jealousy. This truly just came from a place of like, oh, wait, am I... Am I ugly? Like, it, it truly, like, broke me emotionally. I'm like, I, once I kind of get in my head a little bit, it, it becomes impossible for me to pull myself out. So, like, I don't think I was even there for an hour. I, like, left almost in tears. And I in the car back home, and also I should mention, as I tell this story, this specific part, this isn't even my first porn making, but it, it feels like it's the beginning of my career because it sort of was the beginning of my face, was um, on the way home while I was feeling crushed and almost crying after, like, a 45 minutes of orgying, um... Where, mind you, nothing happened. I, like, had good sex. I just, like, felt self-conscious. Um, I got on my Twitter, and I had been to MAL earlier, which is, like, Mid-Atlantic Leather, I believe is what the acronym stands for. It's, like, this humongous kink event in D.C. And while I was there, I someone fucked me and filmed it. And it was very much like a POV. Like, they filmed, like, down their penis going inside of me, and they panned up to my face. And on my porn Twitter, I had edited out my face and posted just the like fucking part because I still didn't include my face on my Twitter. I think I maybe had about 2000 followers at this point um, after, you know, a year and a half of, of using it. And I like went to that Twitter and I took the full video and I posted it. And looking back, it's funny because like the like the caption was like, Debbie, my face fuckers, like come see this pig get wrecked, like blah. But like as I typed it, I was like, Debbie, my face, like please just tell me pity. Like I was like dying inside and it was like, it sounded probably like hot and sexy, but I was like literally like desperate for validation as I did that. So that was fun. And like a couple people liked it as I went to sleep. I went to bed. I woke up the next day and had like hundreds of new followers. And so in that moment, I could not really deny myself what I had sort of been like wanting to do for a little while anyways, because it, this was kind of the, not the heyday, but the real beginning of the kind of like mainstream democratization of porn as a, as a art form, and uh, you know, with the rise of OnlyFans and it's, you know, beautiful stepsister just for fans. Um, and, uh, so I had sort of been drawn to this for a while now and thinking like, I don't want to do that. But, you know, people in my life, it, it, mainly older people were saying like, girl, don't do that. You're literally training to be an opera singer. You'll ruin your career. Though I say older people because my, my friends and my, you know, peers were always super supportive. That's the cool thing about being in music is that generally speaking, everyone's super sex positive. But so in that moment, I really couldn't deny myself the like making of it anymore. I wanted to. I now knew that there was an audience for me. I felt validated and um, I felt like I had like an entry point because, you know, I had people's ear because I had this like moment of like, you know, baby virality, I'll say. The beginnings of virality were really um, people suddenly were kind of like tuned into me suddenly. And so I decided to capitalize on that. So um, on my regular Twitter, I followed someone named Brave Arcanine. Their ad is at Brave Arcanine, though I believe they now use the name Oliver Barton. Um, Oliver Barton XXX, I believe, on Twitter for their porn now. But they tweeted like, I think I want to make porn, lol. And I replied and was like, me too, lol. And um, they DM'd me and were like, I'm actually not kidding. And I was like, me neither. So uh, so we like got together and made porn and we were sort of each other's firsts. We took each other's charis. But, um, and that was our first, my first thing. I, I made porn. I was I was happy with that product. I was It was definitely not what I would go on to make in terms of like my milieu, my, my brand, if you will, is definitely based around like, daddies focused older groups and this was none of that but it was definitely good sex it filmed well um it was the beginning of me really understanding that my face is sort of like 
hey, like I just have like a something in the eyes that like kind of comes alive when I film. And so I've learned to focus on that. But so I made that. I got on a just for fans. I started. I think I probably I don't even think I had like four or five thousand followers at this point. And then later that month, because this was March of 2019, I had my moment. Um, it was the second thing I literally ever filmed and it was obviously my masterpiece and I will never make anything as good as it. So I've peaked. Great. But it was this gangbang I made. I had four daddies over. It was in my own apartment. Um, and it was like an hour and a half shoot that like went down in infamy as good. It was, it was, it was great. Like I had a great time. I was very excited to put it out there, but I really had no inkling of how big it would become. Um, and part of that was because the porn itself was great, but then the way I sort of like put it out was very looking back very smart because I it felt very um, obvious to me that uh, Twitter is a sharing platform and maybe this the kind of knowledge and understanding of that came from my previous experience with Tumblr but you understand that you need to put out stuff that people that can then share do you know what I mean and it has to be almost like manicured and careful because people treat their timelines like they're fucking lawns like they 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 want it to look good and look right and look how they want it to look and so like the like the auto generated like 15 seconds just for fans will make for you is like there's a link and the like tweet itself and then there's like fade in fade out like it's very clear it came from just for fans it's like blurred before you click on it uh that's not what people want to share and so i and very instinctively kind of excerpted the best like you know minute and a half or so of this video and mind you there were several great minute and a half so I, I just was very verbal and these guys kind of caught on in word two and thank god they were in fact they've actually told me some of them have told me in hindsight or not in hindsight in in you know and now that the video has been out for a while, they have literally gotten fucked because of that video. People have been like, oh my God, I saw you in that. And so then they attacked them. You're welcome. Anyways, um, so I put out really shareable content and then they just kept getting shared to a, a large degree on Twitter and they just kept growing and growing and growing. And, and that was a big, big kind of turning point for me. But then it kept going. There was more turning points to come. And I think this was the real kind of like Spanish Armada red letter moment was... Um, when I started making porn, I was not shy about it. So I like, especially because my porn needs sex partners, it's never just me. So um, on my all of my apps, like Scruff and Grinder, I've always just changed my name to Babe Rogers XXX. And I like link my Twitter. I say I make porn. I'm not shy about it. Um, but for a while there, people would message me and be like, you make porn? I, I Googled you. I couldn't see you. I can find you. So and I was like, oh, I guess that's true. I, I really only exist on Twitter. So I decided to make a Pornhub account that was just Babe Rogers XXX and post the three parts that came about from that daddy gangbang, truly not thinking anyone would really see them. And I, I even I initially knew like this is kind of seedy because I don't want to I'm putting these out there for free. Um, so I didn't even like um, put my name in the titles. It was literally just like son gangbang by daddies. Um, and uh, thinking no one would see them, I put them up. I think like a week later I checked, they maybe each had like a hundred views. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. That's kind of what I wanted to happen. Um, but then a month went by, I didn't think about it again. I went and I checked and they had, I think hundreds of thousands of views. Like it turns out that Pornhub, the website had actually featured them, which is how they ended up really getting seen. And then they went from there and I very quickly was like, oh shit, but also what? But also, uh, so I quickly went and I, you know, got myself verified on Pornhub. I, I monetized those videos through the back end. I think I left the, the first part free because it didn't even like, that's the thing is it didn't even upload correctly. Like the audio was offset with the action. So it would, it would be like, oh yeah, fuck me. But it was like, do you know what I mean? It like, you know, when porn doesn't quite line up. And so I left it up because it was fucked up anyways. But like, by the time I, long story short, had to take them down like that first that part one had almost a million views which does not happen on Pornhub like I had I had put up like by the time I had to leave I had to put up 
I had put up maybe 10, 12, 15 videos and I was model ranked number 38. Like I had millions of 2 million, I think, views. And and there was like, this was before the sort of day of reckoning that happened with Pornhub where they had to take down all of their like illegally posted studio porn. And studio porn that had been up for years did not have that many views. So it was, it, it really launched me to this other level of like, now people that don't even have porn Twitter know who I am. And it was like, oh God. <laughs> I'm really in this now. And so that was sort of what happened. Um, and, and honestly, I hate to say this, but it is true. That sort of brings us to today because thanks to this fun pandemic that we've all been experiencing, I really stopped making content for that whole time because my sort of golden commandments, my golden rules when it comes to porn is to to only make things when it's fun and to, um, to only put out stuff that I would be comfortable um, paying for myself. And for me, that is not just like my dick. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm not, again, I have fucking terrible body dysmorphia. So I don't like what I look like. So if the product I'm selling is just me, I'm not down for that because I wouldn't pay for that. So I would never expect anyone else to pay for that. Um, and so early on in the pandemic, I tried to make some like me and a dildo content, but it just, for one, it wasn't fun. So, you know, rule number one broken. And two, I didn't think I like was turning it enough to warrant people paying for it to ask people to pay for it and my like like i mentioned my milieu is very specific and but it's also very small because i have such sort of a specific standard for myself that means that i've maybe only made like 20 videos but um they all are good and they all are me and exactly what i wanted to put out and so i would have sort of been ruining that to put out content that um kind of turned in a completely different direction that I didn't really even want to go in anyways, just because that was sort of the only option. Because at the beginning of the pandemic, especially, um, I was not about to have sex anyways. And mind you, like I said, my brand is groups and daddies, the two complete wrong things. Like, it's like not even just like you're bringing multiple people into enclosed space, but it's older people like, no, babe, you're not doing that, obviously. And then and obviously, like, I didn't want to get COVID. I didn't want to give anyone else COVID. But this is the real tea is that there was also cancellation to think of. I had grown to a point at this point, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I had I think 40,000 and um, followers, I mean, and um, that's enough that I, I didn't want people going to cancel me because I, me, my little Southern boyness does not like anyone being angry at me. It, it, it deeply like it irks me to my core. That's why like there's been plenty of times I've actually like tweeted somewhat controversial opinions and then one person will like say one thing being like, didn't you? Blah? And I'm like, delete. Like I can't, I cannot deal with people having any sort of issue with me. It scares me, which is funny because I make porn. Like, I'm sure plenty of people have issue with me, but they're not coming at me. So anyways, so that sort of brings me to today. During the pandemic, I, I moved to Portland just because I couldn't fucking afford to stay in Boston anymore um, and really only started making porn again um, in March. And at this point, I've, I think I've only put out it was like, you know, one shoot, but two parts of it. And and I, it's not like I am stalling out. I absolutely have more plans to make porn, but it is hard to get back into it. I will be honest. My body sort of at the beginning of the pandemic, it changed and then I lost whatever weight I gained, but it still just sort of looks different. And I'm still just in a city. I know no one and my references for my own self in terms of my body is because I wasn't around anyone for so long. It was just like these like, you know, idealized adonises of porn. So um, it, it's been a, it's been a tough mental journey to get myself back into it. I do plan on getting back into it. I have lofty goals. I want to get into things like plot. I want to. I maybe want to dip into studio porn if anyone would have me, but I, I'm going to discuss that later, but th I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but so, yeah, that sort of brings me to today. Um, uh, 
So yeah, I guess that'll be this. My name is Babe Rogers, like I said. Later this month, we're gonna get our second podcast where I dive into my favorite porn chainsaw, as I mentioned. Um, please check out my Patreon, which is specifically for this podcast, which is Babe Rogers XXX. I'm Babe Rogers XXX across the board, but really my Patreon is for this podcast. Um, I'm actually filming this right now, so if you wanna watch me do it, you are more than welcome to. The second tier, we'll get a third podcast every month that will deal with a much more personal uh, topic like like the one that I'm speaking on now, and we'll answer some questions from people that are in those tiers. And um, and then the third tier, I think I'm going to do some kind of live stream every month, but please check that out. Please check out Patreon. Please check out my Twitter. I have OnlyFans and Just for Fans. Um, yeah, thank you so much, you fucking whores. Hey. Um, again, my name is Babe Rogers. Thank you very much for watching. And oink. Ew, no, no. That's not going to be my closing thing. Whatever. Goodbye. Wow. <laughs>